You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, a semi-weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Join your host, Steph, on Wednesday mornings to chat about seasons, Sabbaths, and all new witchcraft topics to help you make your life more magical. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today to chat about their book and a special deck. So I'm going to turn it over to them so they can introduce themselves and let you know where you can find her online. So nice to be here. My name is Erica Robinson, and I am a Lenormandist, uh, which is to say I read a 36-card system, which is archetypal in nature. And um, as deep or as superficial as the reader um, wants it to be. Um, let's see, what, what, what else can I tell you? Uh, I have a book out called The Language of Lenormand, which is the sort of definitive work, I would say, by an American on the subject. Uh, and I also have a deck out called Erica's Lenormand of Hope, which is available through uh, LaPantherStudio.com. The book, of course, is available everywhere. Lovely. And I have that in hand. And okay, so first, I have a lot of of questions. I have a lot of follow-up. Good, good, good. Uh, The first is the pronunciation. Is that what we, is that how we say it in, here in America? Because I've also heard Norman and I never know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, you know what, Madame Lenormand is not going to rise from her grave and <laughs> smack us with a ruler. Um, so we can say it however we want. Um, <laughs> Lenormand, Lenormand would be the French pronunciation, but we say Lenormand, we say Lenormand, it, it, whatever comes out of your mouth, it, it is identifiable as the system. Okay, that's good, because I'm never going to get close to that French pronunciation. <laughs> Now, I was really excited to learn that there was even a book on this because I feel like it's there. there's not many guides out there. It kind of just is not like tarot. Tarot has so many guidebooks out there, like explaining what to do. And I, right. I just don't, I am so glad that there is now a guide to explain this because that's kind of where I was lost. I was like, it's something I've talked about on the podcast before. And I wanted to find a deck and I was just like I think I'm I think I'm a little lost at this sort of beginner level so thank you for creating this to help me out (laughs) well you know thank you and that's a that's a very good point when I first started out um the resources were in German which I did not read and in French which I did read and there was one resource in English called um the secrets of the Lenormand oracle I think it's called uh, very good book, but um, you know it was. It, this is many years ago. Now we're talking, and so I was approached by the publisher who knew about my Lenormand work and knew that I had been a teacher for many, many years. I had I taught high school English for thirty years, and she said, "Could you write uh, a book on Lenormand that it is equally?" you know, a primer for people who are just beginning, but is sophisticated enough that someone who's a seasoned reader 
can be edified about the system. And so that's what I did. Yeah, which is great because I just, I, I really had no direction. And I still, even now, I don't see them that much in store. Like tarot cards are all over right. the place, but even like in my witchcraft occult supply stores, I really don't see Lenormand decks. Right. And the reason is exactly what you said is that, you know, you have a deck and the deck is pretty, but how do you read it? And because there were so few resources and because these 36 images are so archetypal, you know, like child, mice, snake, bouquet, anchor, people assumed that Lenormand was just basic. And, and then when they try to read for it with it and try to read on more than a basic level, it was frustrating. So hopefully this eliminates all of that. I used a, uh, an approach that we talk about in, in the education field, which is scaffolding. So I teach you a little bit and then I teach you a little bit more. And then you put those two things together and you're like, oh my God, I'm reading. And then with that base, I teach you a little bit more. Everything builds on itself. So by the end of the first chapter, you're actually doing basic readings. And, and then you move from strength to strength throughout the book. You know, you can read this again, like see spot run, or you can read it like Shakespeare or Toni Morrison. It's all about um, how fluent you become with the system. And I really, that really came across when I was reading it, that you were a teacher. I was like, yay, <laughs> somebody like <laughs> knows how to explain information because not everybody can be a teacher. Sometimes you just know things and you don't know how to present that. Exactly. Um, so right. I appreciate the teacher aspect of it. I know that's a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I loved it, but yeah, it's a tough job. Well, I'd like to go back and chat a little bit about your story of how you got here and even got interested into this field to where you are now, how this all came about. Okay. So about 15 years ago, I was unexpectedly widowed and it was a big shock. As you can imagine, at the time I had a 15 year old daughter and uh, I was teaching. It happened in October. So it's kind of right in the beginning of the school year. And, you know, you only get what a week off, to sort of process this loss. And then you're back in the classroom. And it was very important to me, and I don't know that I would have done this in retrospect, but it was very important to me that I not burden the people around me or my friends, because I'm just gonna say it like it is, nobody likes a widow. And the reason is, it's, it's sort of the same way you feel if you see someone missing an arm or a leg. It, it, it's jarring because you're supposed to have two arms and two legs. And it's a reminder of your frailty and ultimately your mortality. So being around widows is, is difficult for people. And I, I was aware of that. So, you know, I didn't really want to designate any of my friends as that 3 a.m. person that you can call, <laughs> you know, when you're when you're worried about how are you going to keep the house and how are you going to handle this teenager and how are you going to send her to college? And, you know, I, I didn't know there was such a thing as a sewer bill. I thought you just flushed the toilet and that was it. So I'm finding all of these things out as a widow. And um, I, I started out with tarot. So I do read tarot and I love tarot. But I was in a car with two friends of mine who were tarot readers, 
And one of them had a deck in her hand that didn't look like a tarot deck. And I said, what is that? And she says, oh, I have no idea, but I thought that it looked interesting. And I grabbed it and it was Chiro Marchetti's um, very first uh, Lenormand. It's called Gilded Reverie Lenormand. It's a beautiful deck. And, uh, and I was off to the races. Now, again, there were not any resources in English. So, but there were uh, resources in French, so that was good. And there were online groups because Lenormand is incredibly popular in Europe um, and Russia as well, uh, and South America and uh, Australia as well. So I went into these online groups and learned with them, from them. And then I started to find people in my life to read for. Now, of course, at first, they would run the other way. <laughs> but then when they realized I was good, I had to run. So, you know, during, you know, during a break, I'd have to run into the bathroom at school. People would knock on the door and say, are you going to be reading at lunch? Can I get a reading? Can I get a reading? And of course, I, I read, I did not charge people because I was just learning. And everyone said that I was good. So I thought, okay, but you know what? That's my friends and my colleagues and my family, what if they're just saying that? I need a bigger um, arena to, to practice in. So I went back online into forums that are worldwide, and I would just come home from school at four o'clock, make myself a cup of coffee, and then open up my computer and 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 open up my my reading to anyone who had a question. And I would read late into the night. So I would get questions, let's say, for example, from India. Someone might say this, um, what does he think about her? <laughs> and that's it. Now, my ego wants to say, well, who's him and who's her? And what kind of relationship is this? Is this a love thing? Is this father-daughter? Is this employee-boss? What, what are we talking about? But my ego was not being asked the question. It's the cards that are being asked the question. So I would ask the cards, get the answer, and then type out um, a long response. And people went crazy because everything was so accurate to the point where I would go online and I would say, okay, I'm going to offer uh, 10 readings and 100 requests would come in. You know, okay, I'm going to do 20, 200 requests were coming in. So I just, I, I practiced and I did it because it was fun, A, and B, because I, I knew I was helping people. Well, and, and, and I was also getting a lot of answers to my own questions. You know, Lenormand was that 3 a.m. friend for me. With Lenormand, you know, people will say with Tarot, um, don't ask that same question over and over again. Tarot doesn't like it. Or they'll say, oh, that's not a question for Tarot. Well, Lenormand is not so picky. Uh, Lenormand, if you ask the same question, you will get the same answer, but with in different cards. You know, like, for example, you know how if your mother says something to you, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if your, your trusted, beloved aunt says the same thing, all of a sudden you're listening. Lenormand is that way. It'll say things a certain way. And if you ask again, it'll tell you the same thing, but with different words, different cards, so that you understand. It's a very patient, kind, and honest friend. 
And then what I didn't know was that while I was doing this work, um, for, I'm reading now for thousands of people, I was being watched. Uh, I mean, I didn't know how the internet worked or anything, by the great readers that are out there, Americans and Europeans alike. And then they started to DM me and say, you know, you're doing great work. Keep it up. We love to see what, you, you know, we love to see how you're doing this. And it's such a, a refreshing American take. And, um, and that's kind of how I got discovered. And then there was a shop in the next town over from where I lived at the time, which was New Jersey. And this was a, a shop that uh, people would flock to. Busloads would come from New York on the weekends to get readings at this place. Well, they contacted me and they said, would you like to be a reader in the shop? And I said, I started laughing. I said, I'm a teacher. And they said, well, what do you do on the weekends? And I thought, well, okay. So I started reading there. I read there for maybe seven years. Um, I retired from teaching in 2018 and read there full time for an entire year. And I, just because I loved it. And then after that, I, I kind of was just on my own. Uh, clients find me. I don't really advertise. Um, but people people manage to to find where I am. And Lenormand is just, I'm going to say, it's just such a beautiful healing instrument. And what I wanted to do is to write a book that would help people realize you don't necessarily need to go to a reader. This is an oracle system that is friendly enough that you can learn it and read for yourself. It's like a best friend. So that's been my intention and my goal. Um, I, I also, with the deck and the, and the book, I wanted to make clear that I'm African-American to people who read my book or buy my deck because uh, card reading is actually very a very long ingrained tradition with black people. Uh, cardomancy, meaning playing cards, and um, Lenormand, believe it or not. And I think it's a, it's a sort of a quietly kept secret. And I wanted us to be uh, acknowledged, recognized um, for this, this gift. And so I made sure that my editor um, put black people on the cover of the book because there's only you know a couple of, of people in a Lanarmon deck. And my deck um, itself is really, um, uh, a, sort of a celebration of um, of black um, resilience and innovation and creativity. So I'm I'm very very excited about all of that. I love everything about your story. It's just so uplifting. It makes me so happy to hear how far you've come since those initial days. Um, because my mom is a widow too, and I know exactly when you were talking about how uncomfortable that makes other people feel and to mm -hmm. be able to have the deck there as like your friend, that's just absolutely brilliant. And I guess that answers the first question that I was going to say is this beginner friendly if somebody's scared and put off by tarot because tarot can be very overwhelming. And like you said, not very nice. It can be unkind sometimes. Is, mm -hmm. is this a more beginner friendly system? Can anybody figure this out? Well, so as I, as I talk about in my book, we all learned to read English, right? And we first learned by being taught the alphabet song. And when we could sing that song, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we thought we were hot stuff. 
You know, we, we thought we really were doing something. Now, all we'd done was learn the alphabet song. But in fact, we had done something amazing. We had just turned the first key to unlock everything ever written or spoken in the English language ever. So that's step one. Step two is when you are let on, let, led to the second door. The second door is if you place those letters, those just 26 of them, those 26 letters in different orders, you can make symbols that mean things. So for example, D-O-G is dog. That is a revelation to most people when they learn to read. And then, you know, backwards, G-O-D, how is that possible? Well, it's the, it's the way that the letters are put together with each other. Then we learn to string those combinations together to make sentences and paragraphs and stories, etc. So when you first learn to read Lenormand, the good news is the first step is done, meaning you don't have to learn what an A looks like, what, is, what a Z, Z looks like, because you already have that foundation. You have 36 pictures, and before we could read books, right? Did we not read picture books and tell ourselves we were reading? <laughs> so if you see a picture of uh, something, you can identify it, and all you need to do is learn in the language of Lenormand what, what things does that picture mean. For example, I'm looking at my book cover, and one of the cards on it is the anchor. So we all know that an anchor is a nautical instrument, right? We also know that an anchor can do two oxymoronic things. An anchor can keep us safely at birth, right? If we're a ship and there's a storm, we want to be anchored. On the other hand, an anchor can keep us stuck. And, you know, in the 70s, if the mafia ran out of cement overshoes, I don't know, maybe they would wrap an anchor around your ankles and you would sleep with the fishes. Sometimes when we stay safe for too long, that safety can become an anchor and we can become stuck. So those are the meaning of anchor. But how do you interpret anchor in, in the context of a reading? Well, more good news about Lenormand, just like discrete letters are just discrete letters. I mean, if you know the ABC song, that's really all you know. But when you learn to put those letters together to make words, well, now that's magic. Lenormand is the same way. You don't read a single card all by itself. You read Lenormand in combinations, ideally, of two or more cards, preferably three, but two works. So you learn to read Lenormand the same way that you learn to read sentences. So if I have the combination, I don't know, let's say anchor and snake, and we know that a snake is a problem, you tell me, is that anchor keeping you safe or is it keeping you stuck with that combination? Right? Stuck. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, what if you have anchor and bouquet? Are you safe or stuck? I don't know. See, I would say safe because I That's have right. positive imagery with exactly. Okay. Exactly. So when you look at a line of three cards, the first thing that will happen is that you'll get a, 
a sense of our is this is this is this a good witch or a bad witch as uh, like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz is it good or is it not good? That's a huge that's a huge piece of information, and so you just you read it the way you you would read a sentence. So for example, I'm looking at my book again. So we've got the top line is anchor child mice. Okay. An anchor is an anchor. We don't know anything about it, but we know that a child can be a child, but it can also refer to something small and new. Okay. So we've got anchor, which could be stability or um, stuckness, something new. And then we have the mice at the end. Mice is a card for anxiety and stress and worry. So we've got anchor, child, and mice. That question, I mean, the, the answer could be something like, you feel stuck about in, embarking on this new thing because it's making you anxious. You see, on the other hand, there's one more piece of information that will be really helpful, which is, what is the question that you're asking? In isolation, those three cards could mean a lot of things together. But what question did your sitter ask you? Did they say, uh, listen, I'm starting a new job uh, next week. How is that first week going to go? All right. Now I look at anchor, child, and mice. Anchor, also a meaning for anchor, by the way, is job. It's one of the job cards. So this new job, right, anchor, child, is exciting, but you're going to be a little bit nervous about it. You see that? What if somebody said, um, uh, let's see, another another question that might be asked. Um, I'm feeling stuck. How do I move forward? And we have anchor, child, and mice. Okay, anchor is feeling stuck. Child, try new things, but a little bit at a time. Try some things that, um, that maybe you're scared to try, you know, like aversion therapy, like you're scared of snakes, go to the, I don't know, museum or the zoo or whatever, and, and, and the petting zoo and, and hold a snake. You see what I'm saying? Take little steps to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. So you never really want to read Lenormand devoid of a question. Sometimes I see readers go online and they'll say, here are our three Lettermont cards for the day. And they'll do a reading. And I'm like, wait, is that supposed to be for everybody? Because how is that possible? In other words, everybody is going to have a different question. Um, the question will determine what those three cards mean. So I really think it's not a very useful, helpful thing uh, to get up there and, and do those three card readings for the collective. I, I, I don't think that's, um, that's helpful. Um, the, if you're, especially if you're a beginner, come with a question to Lenormand and Lenormand will give you your answer. That makes sense to me because I, it, it's the same thing with the other systems that I am more familiar with and use as well, that I just get better answers and insight if I'm more specific with right I'm I'm asking and needing in that situation so I, I appreciate that that makes sense and I also 
just want to let the listeners know that your book is very much set up the way that you just talked and gave those examples. So I want <laughs> listeners to know that it there's like a workbook. There, there is right. space, space for you. Like she presents these three cards. What do they mean? And there's a space for you to take notes and figure that out for yourself. So I just wanted to mention yes. you, if you like that you system. Let me <laughs> say something. Let me say something about that. So that is exactly how I set the book up. I, 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 I show you, I give you an example and uh, maybe a couple. And then I say, okay, try it on your own. Well, one of the, I, I have, I've received very, very good feedback um, on the book, but I think it's important to look at all the feedback that you get, right? And so I've had a couple of people say that they wish um, that I had uh, given them more, um, more examples, um, more, you know, this means this, and this could mean that, and this could mean the other. The, the danger with that is that um, you don't learn the fourth pillar, really, of Lenormand, which is that you have to step out on faith and trust what it is that you're given. So people said, you know, we wanted you to, uh, let's say, ask a question and then give your, inter you know, pull the cards and then give your interpretation of the cards and then we would give our interpretation of that that's too much handholding. Part of scaffolding, which is that teaching technique I mentioned, is that at first you carry people in your arms, then you hold them by the hand, then you watch them cross the street, then you go about your business because you know that that you've taught them how to read the street signs and watch for traffic and walk across the street. It, there are there are teachers who don't do that, who will hold your hand the entire time. That's all well and good until you have graduated from whatever class they're teaching you in, and then you try to work on your own, and you can't do it because that hand is not there for you to hold. So I, I think it's important that people learn to trust themselves, do readings for lots of lots and lots of people, and risk being wrong because if you risk being wrong you can learn what it feels like when when you're when you're correct you know when i read for those worldwide forums you know i give that example about that how does he feel about her i had to step out on faith that what i was being given was what was what the sitter needed to hear um if i had second guessed myself or said, oh, this is ridiculous. I, you know, how do I answer this question? Is this her boss? Is this her brother? Is this her, you know, what are we talking about? Then I would have constricted the flow of information from the universe to the cards to my mouth. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense, but I also feel like maybe that's gonna be the hardest part for people because we inherently don't like to be wrong. Well, oh, well, then, then, then <laughs> people have to get over that. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, truly, because, and again, I read it differently from a lot of European readers. So for example, you will hear widely said in Europe that you do not need intuition in order to read Lenormand. 
That's true if you're going to read it on a very basic C-spot run uh, level. If you wanted to sort of, I don't know, help you find your keys or figure out whether the party that you're planning that weekend will, the weather will be good so you can have it outside. You don't necessarily need to have intuition, use intuition in order to have Lenormand answer those questions for you. But what about if a question is something like, uh, what is what is my life purpose in this moment? <laughs> you know, um, uh, or 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 it's a health question. Or I mean, there there are questions that people will say Europeans think that Lenormand cannot answer those questions, that those are tarot questions. I beg to differ. And the beautiful thing is, the Europeans love my work <laughs> because I've showed them a depth that this system, which is European, can be taken to that they never actually realized was there. And it's that fourth pillar. It's just activating your intuition, allowing your intuition to, um, to be your, your partner in the reading of these cards. I think that's really interesting, a beautiful way to look at it because then when you're investing your time and money and energy into learning the system and making it work for you to know that there is such that depth of information that you can get from it rather than just, oh, these are some pretty cards and I'm going to pull one a day and, and shape my day with it, that you can get all of these other answers instead. It's good to know that, <laughs> that you're working towards something bigger. Yes. I mean, again, it's, you know, and you can try those little simple things just to sort of build your muscle. You know, where did I leave my keys? Um, but 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 you can then move from that to anything. Because look, it, it, 26 letters in the English alphabet can tell us anything, can they not? Well, here we have a, a whole 10 more than that. We have 36 images that that will show us anything at all that we need to know. Okay, I do think beginners are going to have more success than they think because it already the the images, especially yours. I have to say, I really like your deck. It's just so like straightforward and simple, and you're not distracted by all kinds of like background information. It's just the image there in front of you, and we already have so many associations. Like I, for some of them. I didn't even need to read the descriptions because I was like, I know, I know what this card means just looking at the picture. And then I checked it and I'm like, yep, exactly. I got it. Right. That's because they're, they're archetypal. They are, they're things that, that we, we can all recognize. Now I will say that when you're looking at a Lenormand deck, one of the things that Lenormand, Lenormand purists look for is clarity. So for example, if you have a card and in the card is a ship, and the ship is sailing on the sea in the background. And in the foreground, there are clouds and the sun and maybe a tree. Well, okay, that's very confusing because all of those things are Lenormand symbols. So which one is this card? So in a Lenormand card, you want the symbol to be um, front and center. Uh, you don't want any, any confusion there at all. So, yeah, uh, I love can, that. <laughs> you know, and again, because these are archetypal images, like, again, we all know what a bouquet is, right? 
I mean, we all know what a snake is. I mean, we're human beings. Human beings have sort of a natural aversion to snakes. You know, the Bible will try to explain it by saying, well, uh, you know, the snake tempted Eve to eat the apple and then Eve tempted Adam and now we have, you know, original sin. I mean, that, that, that would be the, the biblical explanation. But, uh, and what's, what is it explaining? It's explained why we feel kind of squeamish when there's something long and slithery, you know, in the road, right? So, um, so, so there are, you will have, you should have a, a, some sort of re reaction, visceral or otherwise, to all 36 of these cards. And that immediately makes it easier than looking, let's say, at a tarot card where there's all that symbology and symbolism and it's religious and it's, you know, uh, it's mythological and it's, you know, there's just so much there, numerological. There's so much there. Lenormand is much simpler. The danger though is saying, oh, well, my God, this is just a picture of a thing on a card. So, you know, I can read this, and then you try to read Lenormand, and you you can't. One of the things that I say is that tarot people need to take their tarot bag of tricks and put it outside the door. It will be there when you come back. <laughs> but for the purposes of learning Lenormand, you do not want to use your tarot uh, skill set. Now, I, do, I have a blog that I write on... Uh, Substack, and I do it every week. It's under my name. It's called In the Company of Cards, but you just go to Substack and type in Erica with a K, Robinson, you'll see the blog. And what I do every week is that I, I use three systems, uh, Tarot, Lenormand, and Adinkra. So I sit down and I never know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know if it's going to be personal. I don't know if it's going to be for the collective whether it's going to be political, I don't know. But the very first thing I do is I pull a tarot card. Um, I, I like to give tarot that level of respect. And that tarot card immediately triggers something that makes me know, maybe generally, the subject matter that I'm going to be talking about. So, for example, I recently pulled strength. And then I thought, well, what about it? Then I pulled three Lenormand cards and they tell me what about it. And then I pull this African Oracle, Adinkra, which kind of um, sews everything up together. But what I do is I let each of those uh, systems say what they have to say about a particular issue. They're not talking over each other. They're not all talking at once. Each one adds a layer to whatever it is that I'm writing. So it's a great way to see how these systems can dance together without stepping on each other's toes. So I commend people to, to that Substack. Um, there's plenty of examples. I do it every week. Oh yeah, that's such a great resource for people to be able to further learn and, and figure out how these all exactly. go Love that. Exactly. Very kind of you to provide that. <laughs> Well, you know, I started doing it um, uh, around when the lockdown, maybe prior to, around the well, lockdown and the elections this season. And I thought, what can I do that will be helpful to people and to me? 
um, as I process everything that's going on, as we process everything that's going on. So right. I've been doing it for a number of years, and um, and uh, people really love it. It's 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 helpful. Uh, I think it's lyrical, um, but it shows you how these systems can play nicely together. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all of the details of your book. It was really great to chat with you and just get more information and be able to share that with the listeners because you answered so many questions that I think that people have with this deck that's not as familiar as some of the others. Well, I'm so glad. And I, I hope people learn to love Leonard Bond. As I say, it's a wonderful, wonderful 3 a.m. friend. Oh. So <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Listeners, I will have everything linked so you could check out this very helpful guide and this gorgeous deck is in the show notes over at whichwednesdays.com as always. And that is everything that I have for you this week. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Need even more witchcraft in your life? Subscribe to Witch Wednesdays on Patreon and YouTube for all types of exclusive bonus content like spells, recipes, book reviews, and more, or even order personalized tarot readings and spells. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. And you can find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com. Oh,